Good evening. Welcome to the Psychedelic Healing Podcast. This is your host, Sonia Cato, nurse anesthesiologist and mental health specialist and coach. I am here today with Julie Clark. She is an entheogenic, also known as psychedelic integration specialist, is a board certified coach and specializes in psycho spiritual coaching and guidance. I have the honor of working with her as our integration specialist at my clinic, and she has transformed my patients and really helped so many people. So I'm very honored to have Julie here tonight. Welcome. Hey, Sonia. Thank you. It's good to be here. Thank you. Thank you. I remember meeting you when we first opened the clinic and really didn't understand initially how important integration was until, you know, after my first few patients. And I realized very quickly that, you know, ketamine and also any psychedelics, right, you know, really are a catalyst for growth, but there's so much more work to be had. And I'm so blessed to have you um, with us and your clients are all blessed, you know, to have you working with them to really allow that transformation. So that being said, welcome. And I guess we can start off with my first question because you are the master of uh, integration in my eyes. Uh, what does integration mean to you? I love that question. And anytime I'm asked that question, my answer, it's com- it's always morphing. So integration, um, it's, it's an ever-evolving process and Really, at first, for me, this definition was compartmentalized. It was like integration is what you integrate into your life from the experience that you have in a medicine journey. The more deeply I do this work, not only in my personal life, for myself, for personal and spiritual growth, um, and also with clients, the more I see, wow, this is not really quite as compartmentalized as that. Integration is kind of like the training wheels of the understanding of what's actually happening. So what's actually happening is someone is working on themselves, ideally leading up to the medicine journey and following the medicine journey. And so we can look at integration sometimes from the point of view of wow i'm going into this medicine journey to integrate the self-work that i've been doing leading up to it and then after the journey i want to integrate so let me give an example one of a trillion of what integration might look like following a medicine journey so let's say somebody gets a really deep insight or they get a really inspired motivation to make a change, whether that's a behavioral change, a perception change of how they see the world or how they see themselves. And it's really alive for them. And it can be very tempting to walk away from a medicine journey like, yeah, I got this change and it's permanent and it and it really does feel permanent and it's really exciting. Um, and what oftentimes happens is people don't take the time to really revisit what that insight is, what that fresh motivation is, what that new perspective is. And so 
Um, when I'm working with clients, oftentimes I like to give them an example. So let's say I teach you a new word in a different language today. And you write that word down and you practice it just before bed at night and each morning when you wake up every day for a month. And then at the end of the month, I say, hey, what's that word that I taught you? You're going to remember it like that. Now let's say in another scenario, I teach someone a word in a different language. They write it down. They repeat it once. They put that piece of paper in a drawer and they never look at it again. And then in a month's time, I ask, hey, what was that word that I taught you? I don't know. It's totally gone. Why? Because the first time they learn that word, ping, there's a neural pathway firing in the brain that corresponds with, ah, this new word. And so what the brain does day after day after day, we're not revisiting it. It says, I don't need that neural pathway. I'm going to die back. I'm going to let it die back. I'm not going to do anything with it. Whereas if we keep revisiting that thing every single day, day in and day out, that neural pathway is now gaining strength. It's getting pinged over and over and over again. So that's what we want to do um, as a piece of integration is we want to have somebody revisit an insight or revisit a new perspe perspective that they've been gifted over and over and over again. What might that look like? Um, one very simple way of doing this is to write down the insight first thing in the morning, just before bed at night. I like to use those examples for two reasons. One is because when you're starting your day, um, fresh and ah, that's the first thing you're presenting into your brain. Guess where it's more likely to go throughout the day and just before bed at night. You know, we all kind of have little medicine journeys every night when we're sleeping, whether or not we remember our dreams, we're having them. The brain is processing. So if that's the information you're feeding it just before bed at night, that's where it's more likely to go. Um, also just upon waking up and just before falling asleep, our brain is in what's known as the theta state, which means it's more highly programmable. So you're gonna get more bang for your buck. Another piece of integration is the analysis of what the heck was my subconscious trying to say by presenting me this? Why was I staring at a pink elephant in a tutu for two hours? As an example, right? So the subconscious doesn't speak the language yeah. that you and I speak. It's, it speaks in rhymes and riddles. And so that's a really fun part of my job that I love to do is to help people to translate from the language of the subconscious into a language in the conscious mind that we can understand like, ah, this is what your subconscious was trying to let you know. This is what it wants you to practice, or this is what it wants to have paid attention to. Yeah. And that's the beautiful part about psychedelics. A lot of times it doesn't make sense. And that's why you're so important and all integration uh, specialists are important in being able to identify, analyze it because the every symbol or every metaphor that comes in an experience, isn't going to be the same thing for every person, you know, based on their memory, ex past experience, past stories, you know, and to have you there as a resource and then really being able to work through that you know, in preparation, you know, I think one of the biggest things that I love um, about you for our patients as well is, you know, when they're nervous and they're scared and just even also just teaching grounding techniques. A lot, a lot of times, even with like patients that are anxious anyways, having those techniques there to be able to utilize all the time is beautiful, you know, all the time. Yep. You hit the yeah. nail because all of this work that we do, it's all so interconnected. You're doing one thing, 
that has positive benefits in so many different areas of life. So for example, I'm nervous going in and I'm also working on anxiety. Great. <laughs> this is this grounding technique of, of breath work or somatic work or, or what have you, the grounding techniques that they use that can tra- not only for the journey, but for life for day to day. What, you know, if we've got a jacked up nervous system, it's not just going to be jacked up before a journey that we're nervous about. Uh, we want to really teach the nervous system that we are not in danger. So a lot of people that are working with these medicines, as you know, are doing so because they want to help lower anxiety. They want to get their anxiety under control. And so basically, I really love to look at things through the lens of um, the nervous system. The nervous system has no idea that we are living in these modern times. Does the conscious brain know that? Yeah, sure. The conscious brain knows that, but the nervous system has no idea. Nervous system still thinks that we are living our lives, surviving in the wilderness. And so anxiety is translated to I'm not safe. And so what these grounding techniques are doing, it's teaching the body we're safe. Five minutes late to work, a dirty look from someone in the grocery store or whatever that, you know, whatever triggers that person, even though consciously they might know it's a trigger for me. What does trigger mean? It means the nervous system is interpreting that thing as if that person's life is in danger. That's why it feels so bad. Danger, danger. Yes. Our body is always subconsciously. We're not getting chased by a lion anymore. We don't have to fear that, but our, our subconscious now is trying to protect us from something, you know, and they jump to that extreme. So, yeah. And, and, and I love that you use the lion um, metaphor, you know, so, you know, you're not being attacked by a lion. I know that, but if the nervous system thinks that, let's say um, one of the grounding techniques would be to breathe in nice and deep and slowly through the nose and a nice slow exhale. What's the science behind that? Well, the nervous system is then saying, you know, if if we're about to be attacked or if there's imminent danger, what's one of the first things we do? <laughs> Inhale through the mouth, right? And so now it, when the brain gets a signal, okay, the person's breathing through their nose, nice, slow, deep inhale and slow exhale, nice and deep, right? Deep. Well, so what is the significance of deep? This is so interesting to me that, you know, at first glance, it can seem like a ah, stupid nervous system doesn't know we're living in the modern times. Actually, the nervous system is a super nerd for surviving in the wilderness. And it actually has learned over centuries that, wow, even the slightest movement, including if I were to take a deep breath, incites the chase instinct of a predator. And so that's one of the reasons why we're when we're not feeling like we're safe or we're anxious for whatever reason. And then we tune into our breath. The majority of the time we'll notice our rib cage is barely moving. And so even just having that understanding of what we're doing when we take those nice, deep, slow and full inhales and exhales, what that then does, and this work is so beautiful because it's so multi-layered. If I have that understanding that now I'm giving the signal to my brain that then is telling my nervous system that I'm safe. Now what we're also doing is we're enacting the placebo effect. 
And so for those um, who are not familiar with the, what the placebo effect is, it's why, you know, when there's a new trial for a drug, they have to give some people in the trial a sugar pill to make sure that what is healing, let's say it's a headache medicine. Oh, my headache went away. It, the pill did it. No, you took the sugar pill. It was just the mind thinking that that's what was happening. And so and when I'm taking a nice deep inhale and a nice slow exhale, that in and of itself is giving a good signal to the nervous system. But on top of it, when I know I'm calming my nervous system, now we're enacting the placebo effect. Now there's even more power behind that practice. So that's why I also like to go into some of the science behind why we're doing what we're doing with our clients, because that adds another layer of potency potency to the practice. Yeah, no, they definitely appreciate that when they actually understand why they're doing it, not just being told to do it. That makes yep. such a difference. Makes a difference. Yeah. Yeah. So I know in the beginning, I didn't really know a lot about integration and I learned, I've learned so much now and I've actually had a few sessions with you. You know, you're, you definitely, you know, work a lot with the um, psychosynthesis and using the body and the somatic work and a lot of the uh, stuff. How do you implement that when you are having a session with, with patients when mm -hmm. it's, because, you know, a lot of it's like the mind, but then we do have a lot of the physical along with it. Yeah. Yeah. Great question. So in addition to um, grounding techniques, like we talked about breath, somatic work with the body. Um, and I love that you brought up, I'm trained in psychosynthesis. Psychosynthesis is a spiritually based psychology. And so we sure we can get a lot of information from someone's history, someone's life experiences, um, memories, ruminations, thoughts about self and the world. But there's also a lot of information that we can get just by tapping into the body. And so let's say, for example, um, if someone is working with um Let's pick anything. Let's pick social anxiety. And they're describing, um, ah, every time I go to a work party, I'm just, I'm, I feel very nervous and I feel very out of place. And I, uh, and so sometimes the body work will look like, okay, when you're feeling that way, when you're in that situation, do a body scan and tell me where in the body is the dominant sensation of that feeling. Because we can tend to intellectualize feelings. I feel worried. I feel scared. I feel anxious. I feel angry. Okay, we're naming them. But feelings, right? It's in the word. Feelings are felt. They are felt sensations. So I'll have clients actually go into the body. And this, this isn't something that I would use with everyone, right? Because this is also bringing in not only bodily self, felt sensation, but then we're going to bring in the imagination function. And what I mean by that, and some people are open to this kind of work, some people aren't. And we we get to tap in with each client as an individual and see what speaks to them and what advances them. So let's say they're willing to go into the body and say, you know what, I'm feeling this anxiety right here in my chest. And that's a common place. It's usually somewhere in the trunk. 
And so, okay, feeling it right here in the chest. Maybe I'll have them describe what does that feeling in the chest actually feel like if you were to describe it? What might it look like? And so, you know, let's say it looks like this pressure cooker that's just ready to explode. Okay, great. So then we will actually sometimes, right? Sometimes this will lead to personifying that pressure cooker and say, okay, let's engage that pressure pressure cooker in a conversation and ask it. Does the pressure cooker like to be like this? Does it want to release? Does it just like to be, what does it want to do? And now we're just kind of, and, and me having a client engage with this personified feeling that they've now described, you know, by the way, if they're the ones describing it, I'm not saying, oh, that sounds like a pressure cooker. It's coming from the client because that, as it might sound silly, maybe even to them, they say, Julie, I don't know why it's, this is weird, but I say, great. If you don't know why, and it feels weird, even better, because that's how I know it came directly from the subconscious. That's the anchor that it wants to use. All right. It looks like a pressure cooker, but we start to engage in conversation with this pressure cooker. What does it want? And then using the imagination function, if the client is open to that, well, actually it does want to let out steam. Okay. What, what is it asking for you to do so that it can let out steam? It's not letting it out. It wants to. What does it want to have happen? And sometimes just engaging them in that kind of conversation can open up all of these different perspectives that they may not have thought of otherwise. So that's one that's one way that we can use the body to get even more information. Beautiful. Yeah. No, and I love it. And using, you know, medicine, I know like with, uh, with ketamine, it's, it's a, a beautiful way to get into the subconscious, allowing them to, you know, not have those emotional ties and because the body is numb in that aspect, right? So they don't feel the anxiety during the experience where they can actually get to the root cause possibly of the story of why they have the social anxiety all of a sudden, you know, sometimes it's physical. I've had patients. I know that you've helped me so much. I've had patients calling me like, Oh my gosh, I can't stop shaking. Oh my God. Do I have the flu? I'm shivering. Oh my God. Do I, you know, all these different body responses and it's all physical. And I remember you taught me that it's, and it's also in the book, The Body Keeps a Score. It's an amazing book if you haven't read it out there um, about trauma and just experiences in life and how the body does keep the score. And you've actually taught me that so beautifully, you know, so now I welcome it and I teach my patients, all of them to expect it, you know, that you do want to release it. Yeah. Oh, the release. I'm so glad that you brought that up, Sonia, because I've had a lot of clients, oh, I don't know what I did wrong. I don't know what I did wrong this time because I was crying and it was a sad or it was a difficult journey or I went to a dark place. I'm like, oh no, (laughs) oh no, this is a celebration because if it's something sad, deep, you're releasing crying, the crying release, that's great. And any of this, you know, we have this um, saying, that oftentimes we hear, you got to feel it to heal it. Well, what does that mean? Well, it means in order to process things need to come out. Well, how does it come out by being felt on its way out? It can't help but feel it. And so um, people aren't doing anything wrong when they're having a difficult or challenging journey or deep, sometimes difficult emotions come through. You know, it's not the medicine. 
that put that there, that was stored deep. So what happens is if we have, especially with things, difficult situations, particularly trauma, even more so trauma at younger ages, although it can happen at any age, but especially a developing nervous system, a developing brain of a child that's experiencing something traumatic. If they were to experience all of the emotions of that traumatic event, all of the fear, all of the pain, it could do a lot of damage to the nervous system. It could do irreparable damage to the psyche. And so the inner wisdom oftentimes makes an executive decision. I'm going to store this way deep inside because it's too much. So it sounds like, oh, great. It's, it's, it's deep inside. Can't hurt me. Well, no, that's why we do this work, right? Because it's still in there. And it leaks out poison into the psyche little by little. It leaks out poison into the nervous system little by little. And while it's there, it's still doing something. It's still causing damage. And so we want to get it out. It doesn't always feel good getting out. But when you have those difficult journeys, we get to say, yeah, it's a celebration. We get to say good work. That is the work of the warrior when you do that work. Because you know what? When we're in medicine journey, we don't want to feel something. We can't do like what we do in day-to-day life and what or what we're born and raised into a culture that conditions us to do this. We can't scroll on the phone. We can't eat a bunch of snacks. We can't veg out to TV. We can't, you know, n- pick your poison, go shopping for five hours, whatever it is. There's a million different ways we can distract from what we don't want to feel. We're not really taught to fully feel our emotions to process them in this culture, are we? And so that actually leads me into another point is that that's another gift that this these medicines can give us is it teaches us how to feel emotions, how to sit with them without distracting. So we don't also want to rely upon uh, more emotions have to go back to a medicine to process. No, these medicines ideally are teaching you how to do this on your own. These are takeaways, not something that we use forever as crutches. There's something to help us continually evolve. These medicines give us homework. Oh, definitely. I definitely agree. I, when I have patients that are screaming and crying in their infusion, that doesn't always happen, but when they do, they're always apologizing. I'm so sorry. I don't know why. And I have to say, let it out. That's why you have private rooms. That's why I have noise canceling headphones. You want to release what's there. And I think a lot of people struggle with that release that they don't want to experience it. And you're right. They're always like, oh my God, this was a bad one. It's like, no, this is beautiful. This is where the work is done. And I think that's why integration is so important because, you know, there's a lot of you at home that are considering medicine work, um, whether it's ketamine or soon um, to be legal in 2024 is MDMA or other medicines that you can travel um, out of the country for um, to get, you know, to do the, the medicine. And you have to have integration. You have to have the support. If you do this medicine, there is going to be some powerful stuff that's going to come out. And it's so important to have, you know, the correct set, the mindset, the intention going in, the correct setting with the support around you, safe, 
in nature or in a clinic being monitored, whatever is going to be the most safe for you to experience what you need to experience. And that's why I'm so excited to have you because your piece is probably the most important of all of it, even outside the medicine, you know, is having that support. Yeah. And um, thank you. And I would love to highlight also that I'm very pleased with the space that you provide. And I have so much feedback from so many clients just saying how comfortable you make them feel. And um, even though it is a clinical setting, you know, you are really there as a strong support while they're going through this journey. And the fact that, you know, you and, um, and our other staff are not kind of like, Oh, it's okay that you had that release. No, you're getting in there. You're celebrating, you're letting them know, because this is a shift. Forget about just medicine space, right? We are all again, born and raised into this culture of hide emotions. Don't have them. Ugh, we wouldn't need these medicines perhaps if we, do, we weren't taught to just stuff everything down. And so I really appreciate the way that you are such a good support to the clients coming in when they do have those deep emotional releases and modeling for them. This is to be celebrated. This is welcome. This is not anything that I am going to shame you for. Just the contrary. I'm going to lift you up. I'm going to let you know good work because that's what it is when we're letting these things out. It's good work. And so I really appreciate the setting that you provide because I'm working with the clients to prep and I'm working with them after you're with them during. And so what's what what's usually the message that comes through sooner or later? Love, compassion. And, and so, you know, you're providing that environment. You're providing that environment. That's what this whole thing is about. And so I really appreciate the work that you do, not only for your clinical expertise, your medical expertise, but that's not all you bring to the table, Sonia. You also bring a full compassionate heart. And I'm so grateful to be partnered with you. Well, thank you. No, it's, it's definitely been been a blessing. I, you know, using ketamine for many, many years and then being able to really use this medicine for real healing, you know, the the world of mental health treatment and, and growth and healing is actually transforming. We're actually in this renaissance of psychedelics. And, and that's why this podcast is here, right? Because I have stories of patients, you know, going through different, you know, ceremonies or going to different countries or different States now doing, you know, medicine in a very unsafe manner. And that's why I want everyone to really learn what is safe doses, how to find the right integration uh, specialist, how to go into the right spaces and having the right set and setting. Cause there's a lot of people going out there just for fun, but what do you do when stuff comes out for you? And that's where we really need to help those people because they don't realize that they needed something. And it can, if you don't have the right set and setting and something comes out for you, it can end up making your life very, very much worse without having that work done. Right. And, and also, you know, if it's not only to that extreme for me personally, when I started working with entheogenic medicines on my own healing journey, personally, um, about a decade ago now, they didn't hurt, 
but I sure lost a lot of good work that I could have otherwise held on to because I did I didn't always I, I I wasn't always keen to what integration was and there was a lot of good stuff that it's never too late but there's also right that golden window of time where those neural pathways are freshly created and they're just they're they're still firing and so we have that golden window of time to take advantage of and so that's the other end of the spectrum you, you, you know you might have a beautiful experience but without proper integration you could lose a lot of the gifts that you were just given and so that's another good reason to really dive into integration and take the after the the journey portion yes. very seriously as well yeah, definitely. And that's really what makes it last, right? You know, ketamine or other, you know, psychedelic or entheogenic medicines are, you know, the catalyst and you can feel great and amazing. If you don't do the work afterwards, it's only temporary because yep. life still happens. Yep. If you don't really learn the new habit, the negative self-talk starts again, the, you have to replace the negative self-talk. You have to replace the, the different habits that weren't serving you to to habits that are serving you and, and doing the work on the outside. And that's what makes the medicine long lasting and transformative. Yep. And in addition to, you know, I used to look at it through a lens of let's lock that in. Let's lock in the benefits, the insights, the perspective shifts. And then I realized, oh, it's even, it's much more than that. Let's keep the brain unfolding let's let's keep the perspective shifts unfolding and forever evolving so it's not even like this is where we're at and let's try to stay there no they're still leveling up and so it's this beautiful forever unfolding process and the invitation is to let's stay engaged in it yes that's so beautiful thank you so much jules i love it so much <laughs> I'm here with Julie Clark. She is our entheogenic integration specialist at uh, my clinic. And I'm so blessed to have you. And thank you so much for all your insights on integration. I'm definitely going to have you on again, because there are so many more topics that we did not even cover about integration. Um, and that is one of the most beautiful parts, you know, of, of the, the medicine work and in psychedelic healing, that's where the healing comes from is through your work. So thank you so much. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Sonia. Oh, you're welcome. Till next time, Jules. Till next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.